0: Welcome to Rush Hockey Talk, brought to you by Rush Hockey. Trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Katorji and this is our podcast series. This is definitely the place to be if you want to learn how to pave your way to the world of youth hockey. So get ready, because you're going to hear some amazing interviews with premier personalities, coaches, scouts, players, celebrities. We got them all. Rush Hockey for over 25 years, experts in evaluation, over 10,000 alumni. It's unmatched. It's Rush Hockey Talk, and it's here. So, we're back on the air today with a very popular guest in the scouting world. His name is Dean Jackson. He's going to talk to us today a little bit about Ivy League recruiting, the difference between being an Ivy League coach and a scholarship coach in the NCAA. I'm joined today by one of my colleagues, Josh Pyro, former Division Three NCAA hockey coach, former professional hockey player. And on the line today, we have a good friend of mine who I've known for, as we were talking earlier today, probably about 10 years. His name's Dean Jackson. Dean, thanks so much for helping us out today with the uh, Rush Hockey Talk podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. It's always uh, a great opportunity to get on the line with you two guys and obviously we've known each other a long time so looking forward to it. Dean
2: yeah great to have you on the podcast here uh just to give a little quick history about our relationship uh we graduated from Elmira College in 2003 uh and then you actually got my got me started in in coaching when we coached there together for two years at Elmira College and I just want to say that was two of the most fun years of uh of my hockey career coaching with you buddy
1: yeah it was uh we had a good run there for those two years and it was i remember when i was looking for uh an assistant coach and at the time it was a graduate assistant uh, position so it was a two-year window um to get your graduate school um uh, taken care of and and get into the uh, profession and i was looking for someone with uh, experience and uh, you just finished playing uh, the year prior and I thought it'd be a great opportunity to have someone alongside me who I've known really well, and and uh, someone obviously who's played the game at a high level, so who can t- teach some of those things and experiences to the team. And so it was a great fit. And we had a we had a we had a lot of good laughs and had a good run with it. And I'm uh, happy that we had that opportunity.
0: Dean, let's get right into it. First topic that we want to go over today is. Ivy League recruiting. Now, just actually before we get right into it, you're a Toronto, Ontario, Canada native. I believe you were a Red Wings, Marlies, and Nats player growing up. Give us a little history about you as a player and of course as a coach. I know you have extensive history in both Division One and Division Three.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in, uh, in Toronto and uh, actually in the Don Mills part of the city and um, grew up in what used to be called the MTHL um, had a had a great uh, great experiences playing at the AAA level level minor hockey there in Toronto obviously I think it's probably the mecca of youth hockey uh, on the boys side and uh, um, had the privilege to play for uh, some really great uh, programs with a lot of history and prestige such as uh, the Marlies Nats and the Red Wings and Actually, in the uh, my peewee year, we uh, the big peewee tournament, I was playing for the Red Wings, and that year was a pretty special year. We uh, we won uh, what we would call at that time the Triple Crown, where we won the Quebec Peewee tournaments, the uh, City Championships, and uh, and the Provincial Championships. And um, a lot of great uh, players from that team that went on and played collegiate hockey and, and uh, uh, major junior and professional NHL draft picks. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, uh, very fortunate to grow up in a city that had those, uh, opportunities. And then with coaching, um, it's funny how I kind of stumbled into it. Um, I was playing, uh, in the minor leagues uh, after university. And, um, after my third year, I had my first, uh, first child, uh, Henry. And, uh, after that was my third year of playing. And I figured at that point in time, it was time to hang him up. and utilize my uh my 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 education to to get into the the real world and uh, I was a business major so get in the corporate world and I started to get some things lined up i really at the time I didn't really know what I was going to do and so I ended up playing a fourth year uh of pro to try and figure that out and uh coaching wasn't really uh something I was really looking into and I remember i was I was, uh, it was in like October uh, or September of, uh, of uh, uh, 2006 and my old collegiate hockey coach was up in Ontario in Toronto recruiting the Ontario Provincial Junior League uh, showcase and so I met him for a day and and uh, you know was watching hockey with him and I said to him I was like hey this this is pretty pretty neat uh, I really enjoyed watching hockey and evaluating and kind of getting a feel for, uh, for the scouting aspect of it. And at the end of the day, I said to him, I said, uh, Hey, let me know if there's, uh, any opportunities, uh, you know, after the next season, uh, certainly something I'd look into. So that's how it kind of got my interest. So I played my fourth year. And of course, uh, after that season, I still really didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. Uh, and I had a one year old at the time. And, um, we lost in the playoffs and the next day I got a call from my uh from the old head coach there and he said that there was an opportunity to be an assistant coach at the alma mater at uh, Elmira and and uh he offered me the job as mine if I wanted and and uh I jumped all over it and that's how I got into it
2: yeah Dean I remember those days when uh we were playing against each other that year uh in particular when you were with Richmond and I was with Fayetteville and uh I kind of remember, you know, when we'd go for lunch or dinner when we were playing against each other, uh, having those conversations, um, you know, thinking about life after hockey. So, uh, I I remember those days vividly and having those conversations with you.
1: Yeah, I, I do as well. And it's kind of a, a scary scary time, a little bit. to, You know, hockey is something we've done all all our, our lives, and and uh, you know, I was at that point in my career where yeah, I could have kept playing. Uh, I was young enough. I was just turned 27 and feeling really good out there and understanding the pro game. And I was actually becoming a, a real elite player at that level. And, um, but, you know, having a family and riding the buses and, and getting the small paychecks, it wasn't something that I was, uh, I was really uh, keen on. So, but it was scary to try and figure out what, what it was I was going to do and where my skill sets lay and how I can apply them into the real world. And, Um, And whatever industry that may be. And so, uh, but when the the coaching opportunity came up, it was only fitting that uh, I could stay in the game and, and, uh, and share my knowledge and, and and ultimately uh, uh, mentor and lead some uh, young student athletes and, and, uh, you know, and make a difference.
0: Dean, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of my first interactions with you would have been during the Prospects hockey tournament tournament that I used to run years ago you played in that do you remember some of the players that you played with during that time
1: yeah um it was uh I remember you and Bob Turo started the prospects and I was uh part of that first wave of players that were kind of coming through it when you first started I remember it was at Guelph University and it was a real big deal you know everyone because at at that time you know we wanted to be as, as individuals we wanted to be looked at by OHL scouts and teams, and uh, and also NCAA uh, scouts and and uh, and coaches, and um, so it was a, a pretty uh, pretty interesting time because nothing like that was uh, out there prior to you guys starting it. And um, there was a lot of great players that came through there. Uh, right off the top of my mind, someone that would be relevant in my age group that actually made it all the way through and was a first round draft pick. actually, there's a couple uh, Manny Maholtra and David, David Legwand. Uh, those are two that stick out. Um, but you know, no, uh, other than that, there's a lot of players that went on and got drafted, but, uh, but those two were, were mainstays in, in the NHL. And then the third one, um, I can, I can never forget, uh, uh, is Joel Ward. And Joel Ward is, uh, was one of those players that, um, had an interesting path, but, um, but he was part of that, uh, that, uh, that first round of, uh, Uh, prospects showcases and um, but a lot of guys yeah went on and played major junior collegiate professionally whether it's North America and American League and East Coast League and uh, all the way down all the way overseas in Europe so um, a lot of a lot of a lot of great talent. So let's
0: fast forward to today college hockey women's college hockey you've been now a head coach at division three head coach and assistant coach, Division I, so Elmira College head coach, Penn State University, you were an interim head coach there, and presently at Cornell University, you're an assistant coach. So tell us, a lot of parents call us regularly, and they ask us the difference between Ivy League and scholarship schools. So give us a little bit of a summary on your history with both Ivy League and scholarship schools. What's the difference and what's the biggest challenge as a recruiter?
1: Yeah, you know, there's, uh, there certainly are some differences. Um, you know, obviously when it comes to the Ivy League, um, there's only a handful of them and, and and they're known, uh, uh, globally as a brand as one of the best, uh, system uh, of universities that in the world in terms of uh, the degree and um, in terms of the education. um, You know, the difference, the one question we always get is always, you know, financial aid versus scholarship. So in the Ivy League, there are no athletic scholarships. That means the Ivy League institutions that sponsor women's hockey are not permitted to um to award a student athlete money based on their athletic ability whereas a scholarship school they are capable of doing that um so in the ivy league it is all need-based financial aid and scholarship schools uh financial aid is uh, not relevant if an individual is being provided with an athletic scholarship so some of the challenges that we do have you know it's uh a lot of a lot of families obviously would like an opportunity for their 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 daughters to have their university paid for or somewhat paid for um so there's always that misconception on a financial aid school such as an Ivy League that they will not get the entire um four years uh taken care of in terms of uh not uh, not getting it paid for um, and that's not always the case, um, you know. I think in with uh, financial aid schools, um, families really need to understand that if you go through the process with an institution um, that provides financial aid, you'll be surprised of what kind of assistance you would receive. Certainly, there's a lot of factors that go into it. A, a university, a coaching staff can never tell a family. Um, how much it's going to cost because they don't know the financial aid office deals directly with, you know, the, um, with the families. So, um, but if they go through the process and ask questions and, and fill out financial aid calculators and, and all that different uh, opportunities to do so, um, you know, families will really get an understanding of, you know, what a cost would be to go to a financial aid school or an Ivy League, uh, Ivy League school. We're on the flip side to scholarship schools. They can offer, you know, full rides all the way to half, to partials, all those different things. And um, families know right then and there exactly how much it's going to cost because they those coaching staffs have the ability to tell them um, what the value of those scholarships are.
2: Well, oh, yeah, Dean, that would lead me into uh, my next question here is, you know, recruiting is the name of the game and especially in your world trying to find uh you know I think it's easy to to find kids and and, you know you can throw money at them so that presents another challenge for you which would lead me to believe that you're on the road a lot uh you saying that you're a family guy um what's it like being away so much and and how do you relate and how do you uh handle being away so much on the road recruiting and, and being a family guy with the three boys and and christina
1: yeah no it's it always poses a challenge as a as someone who has a family um you know time away from home is never easy um but with that being said um my my children have grown up in this environment so i think it's safe to say uh, a family who has a parent that is a professional coach no matter what sport it is it's a way of life and it's you know so my my children are are very are used to me being away but it certainly has poses its challenges as they get older um just because of you being absent um you know uh sometimes it's, it it poses a challenge of even just build, building those relationships with them and, you know in terms of if they have questions you know in my world a lot of it's hey mom hey mom it's never hey dad hey dad just because i'm gone as much as i am um but as they get older as well, um, they're involved in many other, uh, extracurricular activities, whether that is sports related or not. So it becomes kind of a logistical nightmare, um, in terms of getting them to where they need to get and, and really a lot of that falls on your spouse. So, um, but you know, I'm very, very fortunate to have a wife that's, uh, extremely, impo- uh, supportive and, uh, it really, uh, takes uh, someone special to, to do that. And, and to support what we do. And, um, but you know, when I'm home, I'm home, you know, it's, it's, I'm not hanging out with buddies. I'm not, uh, you know, doing a golf trip, uh, or anything like that in the spring or summertime with my buddies. It's, you know, I'm home. If my kids have something, whether it's hockey, baseball, or, or band or orchestra, whatever they, or piano lessons, you know, if I'm home, I'm taking them and I want to be a part of that because for that missed time, so. Um, it poses its challenges during the hockey season. certainly does during the off-season when we're recruiting and scouting, but there's a little more flexibility there. Right. Hey, I miss being around your kids. Henry, yeah. Mitchie, Teddy,
2: those guys are the best. You're lucky to yeah. have uh,
1: three uh, great boys. Yeah, yeah, they're getting older. So it's it's crazy to think uh, I'm going to have a teenager in about two months, so it's kind of scary.
0: <laughs> Dean, your your kids play – uh I believe baseball is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah,
0: so do you find any difference between a hockey parent and a baseball parent? Um,
1: no <laughs> no um you know they're 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 very uh there's a lot of similarities um you know obviously any parent that has um their child in in any uh, any sports um or related activities they're always going to be supportive. You know, they're always going to drive, uh, you know, the the miles that need to be driven and the hours that need to be spent and the money that needs to be spent to support their child. And um, so there's, there's definitely a lot of similarities there. Um, You know, their parents are very passionate uh, about their, the development of their, of their child and um, in baseball, just as much as uh, they are in hockey. Um, You know, the, the extra dollars spent on development uh, outside of the ballpark in terms of individual uh, private lessons are very similar to, uh, to hockey. So uh, a ton of similarities, uh, family to family, from sport to sport. So it's something we're very comfortable with.
0: Dean, I really appreciate uh, your time today. It was pretty awesome catching up. We will be hopefully seeing you in the arenas more. We look forward to it. Your time was much appreciated. We're big fans, and we hope to talk soon.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Josh. Really appreciate it. I think uh, what you guys are doing is is fantastic for the sports, and uh, you guys being a resource for families and and uh, and putting and, and putting together podcasts for, for information out there to, for families to learn and listeners to learn about the game and, and the livelihood of of the sport and uh, of coaches. And, uh, and the platform that you guys, uh, you give the families and, and the and the, uh, prospective student athletes, you know, in terms of, uh, everything from your, uh, tournaments to showcases, uh, it's certainly, uh, you guys do a great job and, you know, you definitely do it for the right reasons. So, um, really uh, proud of you guys for doing that. Well, thanks for those kind words, Diener.
2: And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Tell, uh, Christine and the boys, uh, I said hello and, uh, thanks again for your time.
1: Will do. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.
0: Okay. You too. Take care. Cheers.
2: Bye We want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of rush hockey talk, the place to be, to get informed about youth hockey, rush hockey talk, trusted guidance, unrivaled success.